0: We remember this word, "Ephetha" in the baptismal rite. There's a portion after the child or the adult has been baptized that the priest is to touch the ears and the mouth and recall these words. May the Lord open your ears to hear his word and your mouth to proclaim the gospel. This idea of baptism, of an opening of the mouth to proclaim the gospel and the ears to hear the word of God, is so um, ingrained in the meaning of baptism that one of the meanings of baptism, in addition to wiping away all original sin, having Trinitarian life abide within us, being adopted sons and daughters of God in Jesus Christ, but particularly spiritual enlightenment. Baptism gives spiritual enlightenment. Now, we may have very limited experience with someone with a speech impediment or someone who may be deaf. But we all have some sort of encounter with what happens when we can't communicate, when someone else can't hear what we're saying. So for example, there was a priest friend of mine, and he's very um, not that old, and yet he needed hearing aids. I have no idea why part of genetics, maybe he listened to music too loud when he was young, who knows. In any case, it's very difficult to talk to him. I'm generally soft-spoken, as I've heard from many of you uh, inform me, at this mass particularly, but um, I try to project, and so I always have to talk louder than I'm comfortable with when I'm around this man. So finally, this priest got hearing aids and was embarrassed about it, but it was such a difference we could carry on conversation, we could visit with one another, there wasn't the constant knowing hmm, what did you say? But there was one bad side effect and he figured out he could stream music anytime he wanted into his hearing aids. So I'd be talking with him, he'd hear nothing that I said and then he'd look up, oh, were you talking? Yes. He's watching videos or listening to music, whatever it is. But you may have this experience, especially if you have young ones in the house where you're talking and then after at the end of what you're saying, you hear this what, and they look up, they have AirPods or something else, they're listening in their ears, and they missed everything that you said. It can be a frustrating situation. But in any case, this, this deafness and muteness is pervasive, and it's not just of the material kind. When we talk about spiritual enlightening... It means there's a spiritual sense of speaking and a spiritual sense of listening. And particularly focusing on our youth, this is absolutely essential. There's a great deafness and muteness among our youth, especially in the dangers of social media and wherever in their lives. And this is not a judgment on the youth right? The the focus that I want to bring our attention to is ourselves. What must we do in order to proclaim the importance of spiritual speaking and spiritual listening? And part of that is just by being fully present whenever we're with our youth, not being on our phones, not being distracted by work things, not being distracted by media, television, whatever it is, but to be fully focused would that your child is able to say, I didn't know you had a phone. I've never seen you with it before. What a, what a great thing that is. What a great reassurance that someone is listening, someone is present fully. And that's a great way to proclaim the truth of this spiritual listening and this spiritual speaking is by how we interact with our youth. If we're fully present to them, it tells them that they're important. The message that it sends when we're always distracted on our phones with emails, texts, whatever it may be, is that there's something more important than this present moment. There's something more important than who's in front of me. But that's not true. There's nothing more important than who's in front of us. And so the idea of being able to reject whatever it may be if it's important to be able to say, Do you mind if I step out of the room or do you mind if I hold on one moment and I'll answer this and then put the phone away? And that is so important because this is our interaction. This is part of our spiritual education. If we don't take the time to be present to our youth and to form them and care for them, then they will seek this formation and care elsewhere. And the world and social media is more than happy to tell them everything that they want them to know. TikTok especially, I think, has mastered this art in being able to channel and uh, really direct who they want, what they want the youth to think, and where they want them to go. I think the agendas on TikTok are just pervasive and dangerous. Yes, it's a platform where you can communicate with friends, but there's also such a danger Right? The entire world is on that platform. And if we don't give our youth the time of day, then they will seek the world in their own way. They desire to know. They desire to experience. So we need to give them this knowledge and wonder and experience before they seek it out in less perfect ways. There's another area of spiritual speaking and spiritual listening that's absolutely essential. And we can glean this from the context of our first reading. So why do we hear this story of do not be afraid, and the deaf will hear, the lame will leap up, and there's a total transformation in the world? What is the context? What's going on in Isaiah's time that makes him give this prophecy? And it turns out, The spiritual origins of this prophecy from Isaiah is in the context of King Hezekiah. King Hezekiah is deathly afraid of the Assyrian army. It's about mid-700s BC, and the Assyrians wipe out all of the northern ten tribes. Hezekiah is basically a vassal. He pays tribute. He's just a puppet to the king of Assyria, and he's very afraid and Isaiah is trying to ask Hezekiah, the king, do not put your trust in earthly treaties. Stop trying to make treaties with Egypt, with Assyria. Put your trust in the Lord. He will deliver you. And Hezekiah doesn't heed this message. So the prophecies from chapter 28 through chapter, 20, through chapter 35 of Isaiah are all directed to this one message, the one message that God is Lord of history, that he is directing everything in history. This is a great reminder in the midst of our pandemic, in the midst of our confusion and our trying time, we have an excellent opportunity to grow in holiness. I think every one of us could say, I'm so frustrated with the arguments that I may get in with loved ones or friends Or the difficulty trying to navigate what's the most prudent decision to make in these times. With so much confusion, leaders are saying different things, all sorts of things are happening, and yet, this is the greatest time to be holy. We have all the things at our disposal to be great saints, specifically because of the difficulty of this time. With all these trials, we have the opportunity to try to see from a supernatural perspective that the Lord is truly the King of history, that he's Lord of all history, and to put our faith in the work that he's doing, he will not permit us to fall. He gives us all the graces necessary in every difficulty in trial to grow in holiness and to grow closer to him. The question on our mind shouldn't be so much, how am I concerned about my material health and well-being? The question is, what is God doing in my life right now to invite me to trust him more and to grow in spiritual health and well-being? I'm not saying you should not be prudent. We should all be prudent with our health and our bodily health, but even more so, we should be prudent with our spiritual health and see things from a supernatural perspective. This confusing time, these trials, are an opportunity for us to truly discern what is God calling me to do? How can I unite this more to Christ on the cross? How can I be sanctified through these trials? These are absolutely important questions. But how do we do this? How do we see from a supernatural perspective when the entire world seems fixated on earthly things? How do we transcend this? and begin to seek the truth that Jesus is the Lord of history. And actually our, our gospel reveals this perfectly. We read in the gospel, Jesus took the deaf and mute man off by himself away from the crowd. How did this man experience material Hearing and speaking, it's by being away from the crowd, by himself with Jesus. That's where the healing comes. So I made a challenge. I can't remember what mass this challenge was at. It was about a year ago. But the challenge was that each and every one of us take 15 minutes a day to spend away with the Lord. It doesn't have to be the Blessed Sacrament Chapel, but it would be ideal if we can make it happen. But 15 minutes a day where we draw away from the crowd to spend time with the Lord, that is our only hope of seeing things from a supernatural perspective. That's our only hope of being spiritually enlightened, having the gifts of our baptism being brought to perfection through our prayer. It's our only hope to listen to the voice of God and to be able to proclaim the gospel. That's the only way that we have the strength to do so. Every day, 15 minutes of prayer away from the crowds, away from the world. And please God, one of, the, one of the graces He may give us is that true peace of heart that becomes unshakable. Contemplative prayer. When everything is shut out of our mind and we're in union with God in the depths of our heart, in our souls, and A security and a peace and a joy seizes us there. And it transcends everything. It completely fills us. And then when our prayer ends, it doesn't actually end. Because we spend the rest of the day in that peace. That's how we acquire this supernatural perspective. So may the Lord Jesus continue to do his work of opening the deaf's ears. And opening the mouths of the mute so that we can continue to grow and learn to hear God's word and to proclaim his gospel with our lips.